Don't be taking pictures of me. Okay. I, uh, is it working, BJ? We are uh, in the middle of a series entitled Accept Your Assignment, and um, I like the way this storyline and the, the True Myth Sunday plays into uh, what we're actually, what we're talking about, because it, in, a, in a lot of ways, our work becomes our story, and, and our, our story becomes our work, and uh, work is so much a part of life that it's, you, you can't separate, you can't pull it apart, and um, so we... Uh, we want to look at a really just kind of dive into a passage of scripture today. Um, Jesus was a, a leader uh, from the middle. He, he really um, worked to... He had several guys that uh, were working for him. And um, he had sort of a, a board. We'll talk about it. But I want you to turn your Bibles to Mark, uh, the book of Mark. And uh, we're going to look at Mark chapter, chapter 9. And like I said, we're just going to look at a couple of passages of Scripture. We're going to dive into what, what they're all about. And, um, and then we'll just spend just a couple minutes applying these things. And, uh, and then we'll eat, because I can smell all that good food back there. And it's making my stomach growl. There, my mic's on finally. Mark chapter 9, and uh, we're going to start reading in, in verse 30. Whether, whether you're a student or a stay-at-home mom, retired, uh, beginning in the middle of a, of a workplace career, or maybe you're all the way up the ladder and you're, you're doing amazing things, God has given you an assignment. He has put you in a position, put you in a place where you can serve God. And last week we talked a lot about how attitude is everything. Um, we talked... A lot about a f- bunch of other things too. And believe it or not, on Right Now Media, I don't know if how many of you have spent much time on that. On Right Now Media, there is a video that absolutely captures almost everything we talked about. This is kind of a, a theme <laughs> video for this series. And I didn't find it until this week. And so I'm going to show it to you now and then we'll roll into uh, Mark chapter 9. Let's watch this video. Christians, we are called to serve Christ with our lives. 
For a few, that means working as a pastor, a youth minister, or a missionary. Others serve the church by teaching children or singing in the choir. But when Sunday is over, most of us return to our jobs outside the church. For us, our mission is in the marketplace. We may not be the kind of missionary who moves to the far regions of Africa, but around the conference table, around the water cooler, around the cubicle, we have an opportunity to worship the God who created us. He gave us skill. He gave us passion. He gave us work. When we do our jobs with excellence and integrity and diligence, it's an act of worship. We are displaying God's craftsmanship to the non-believing world around us. We are earning the right to be heard. We don't see a divide between Sunday and Monday, between the sacred and the secular. We've been invited into parts of the world that a pastor or traditional missionary will never see. We have conversations with people who would never set foot in the church. Whether we love or dread our work, we choose to turn the focus away from ourselves and toward the mission God has for us. Church is not the only place we worship, and Sundays are not the only days in our calendars that have meaning. Every day on mission for God brings us great joy. Like the heroes before us, we can be modern-day Noahs and Josephs and Peters who are called with a purpose. God has designed us. He created us to work and to worship. For us, work is worship. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not Superman, but I do work for Superman. I do work for an amazing... Uh, amazing God, and we all do. We all are able to, to do that and fulfill that role, and uh, that's a wonderful thing. Let's look to God with a prayer, and then we'll dive into Mark chapter 9. God in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to be together today. I thank you for the opportunity to uh, allow these stories, allow your word, allow uh, our work even to be uh, such a great impact on the world around us, and allow it to, to impact us. God, thank you so much for, for what you do. Please bless as we dive into these passages of Scripture and help us to understand uh, your definition of greatness. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. How does the attitude of a Christian worker differ from the attitude of a worldly or a secular worker? How does it differ? We talked about it last week a little bit. Uh, I'm feel, I, I, I'm. I'm feeling at times like work is stress and work is difficult and work is not something that I always look forward to. Why is that? Well, it's because on page three, we talked about it last week, on page three of scripture, we find the fall of man. He chose to love himself rather than loving God. This morning, we want to take a look at how Jesus ran his company how he took his board of 12 and led them into an amazing crew. It was kind of his sales and marketing crew, those 12 guys were. Um, they were handpicked. They were, they were hand-trained. But I want you to see their humanity in this real-time situation while working with Jesus. Look at Mark chapter 9 with me. Um, starting in verse 30. It says, they, they left that place and they passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were going. Because he was teaching the disciples. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered in the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant, and were afraid to ask about it. Can you imagine being in the shoes of the disciples that day? What, were going, what was going through their heads? 
I'm sure, uh, like a lot of us, probably the same things that were going through our heads if Jesus would have told us that. As they were traveling down the road, there were conversations. They were afraid to ask Jesus what was really going to happen. They probably should have been talking about who's going to step in front of Jesus and, and, and you know, take that, that first shot when, when the mob came to try to get him. Look at verse 33. Well, look what they were actually talking about. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, well, what were you arguing about on the road? Busted. Right? They were busted. He heard them. And now look what he's doing. He's sitting them down. Verse 34. But they kept quiet because on the way, they had been arguing about who was the greatest. Hmm. Don't you love it when you find yourself in Scripture? When, when you're reading along and all of a sudden, ah, there's me right there. Thinking about myself again. It's easy to read scripture as history. I, I always think, oh, it's like, what, a bunch of, what a bunch of idiots. Why were they thinking about themselves? Why were they talking about this in this extremely critical moment for Jesus? Well, it's because they're just like us. When we look at this book as a life, life textbook, we realize that God's really talking about us. There was this debate about who was the greatest who had seniority, who was higher on the, on the corporate ladder. Every workplace has it. Uh, they had a 1 to 12. Maybe you have more than that at your work. If you're a Fortune 500 company uh, CEO or if you're a stay-at-home mom, there's a chain of command. It's really all about who's who, right? Employee, employee who started last week, employee who had, has been here for three years. Then you have department lead, and you have department head, and then you have maybe assistant manager, general manager, and then district and regional managers, right? Seniority is always marked by something. Every organization has some sort of 1 to 12, just like the disciples were going for. It's like his fantasy draft team. Who's, who's he going to start today? Who's he, who's he going to put in today? Yeah, I think he's going to start me today. No, 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 Matthew. You're a, <laughs> you're a tax collector. You're going you're gonna to keep working off your past. No, I think he really loves me. I think he's really going to start me here. The manager calls a meeting. Look at verse 35. You know, it's serious because they were just walking along chit-chatting and, and now he calls them together and he sits them down. Look at verse 35. Sitting down. Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be first must be very last, and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me does not welcome, does not welcome me but the one who has sent me. He's not against the greatest. He's not against competition. He's not against uh, even us getting uh, or wanting to be the best. He wants us to be the best. He wants us to be the greatest. But he wants us to redefine greatest. If you want to be the first, do it by putting yourself last. If you want to be the greatest, make yourself a servant of all. In that case, I want to be the 12th. Because if you're going to flip it around, then I'm just going to, yeah, I'll, I'll be the 12th. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. It's like back in grade school when the teacher said, we're going to go in alphabetical order. And, you know, the, the Bieberness is over there cheering because they're going to be pretty close to first. And poor Matt, he's clear on the back of the end. Like, oh, man, it's going to be forever before I eat. 
right? Jesus grabs a little child and he says, even this little one, welcome them and serve them. God wants us to serve those who may not ever move us up in status or reputation. What's your motivation behind serving whom you choose to serve? We all serve someone. Think about it. We do. We all serve someone. Who are we serving and what's our motivation in serving them? Seriously, think about it. I, I have no problem giving my wife a back rub because I'm, hopefully she will you know, return the favor. It's this way in a lot of our lives and especially in the workplace. Who do you serve? Make a list of the people whom you serve. Why do you serve them? How many people do you serve who are of no benefit to you? Those are the ones that really count. God says, this is how my company operates. If you want to be a follower of Christ, a Christian, this is how we need to operate. Those are the ones who really count. The ones that, the ones that don't necessarily bring you up on the list. Look at verse 38. <laughs> this, is, this is John. Uh, James and John are having this discussion, but this is John, right? He's the one that Jesus loved, right? He's, he's the one that went up on the mountain for transfiguration. He's the one that was, was there when they, they healed the 12-year-old above and beyond some of the others. Obviously, Jesus brought Peter just because he thought Peter would probably get in trouble if he left him out there. This is James and John. Look at what he says in verse 38. Teacher, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name. We told him to stop because he was not one of us. Yeah, I got this one. I told them, right? Jesus says, no, do not stop him. For no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. And whoever is not against us is for us. Truly, I tell you, anyone who gives, up a, gives a cup of water in my name because you belong to the Messiah will certainly not lose their reward. It's not just about the 12. It goes far beyond that. Can't think we're better than the rest. We're just simply doing the work the way God asks us to do it. He goes into some other teaching about life. He goes into marriage. He goes into a bunch of different things in the, the last part of 9, the first part of 10. Jump down with me to Mark chapter 10, verse 32. Mark 10, verse 32. So they're doing some more traveling. They're going to some other place, another place, actually. They're going to the place, right? He's making his way to Jerusalem where all of this that he's talking about is going to come true. Verse 32. They were on their way up to Jerusalem when Jesus leading the way and the disciples were astonished. While those who followed were afraid. Why were they afraid? Think about it. Why were they fearful that this mob, this crew, this, this company was moving towards Jerusalem? It's because of what Jesus had told them earlier. This is the third time Jesus has told them. Again, he took the twelve aside and he told them what was going to happen to him. We are going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over the, to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. And three days later, he will rise. This is the way my company is going to operate. This is the way we're going. This is what's going to happen. I hope you all get this. No such luck. 
Look at what these two knuckleheads come up with next. Mark chapter 10, verse 35. Here I am, right there in the scripture. I hope you can join me here. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. I was one of those kids. Were you one of those kids who had go up to your mom and dad and, and they, you would say, uh, so, so, so mom, I want you to say yes to whatever I'm about ready to ask. That's what they did. I thought that was just a stupid, childish, elementary, silly thing that I used to do. No. James and John are doing it right here to Jesus. We want you to do for us whatever we ask. They haven't even asked yet. And they're asking him to do it before he even hears what he's asking for. These guys all had this Jewish mindset. It said that, that Jesus was going to be a political leader. And when he was killed and when he rises again the third day, he was going to come back from the dead as the leader of the world. These two brothers wanted in on it. So many of us take the same approach in our relationship with God. We keep thinking that all this Bible study and all this church attendance is, is going to somehow pay off for us. We think that sooner or later we're going to be good enough and we'll get to where this starts to pay off. One and two, we want to sit at your right and at your left. James and John are after it. We want in on whatever you got going on. This is the third time he tries to get them to understand. And this time he adds the torture, the beating, the spitting on. He's hoping these boneheads will get it, but they just don't. I'm so glad we're in the Bible right now. Because if these guys were walking on water, raising people from the dead, I wouldn't have a chance. But you know what? They're goofballs just like me. They keep asking, when is Jesus gonna, when is this, this Jesus show gonna pay off for me? I can relate. Look at verse 38. He says, you don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? We can, they answered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right and left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard this, heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. <laughs> Imagine that. These boys were mad because James and John were trying to get one and two. And they were going to have to settle for three, three through twelve. And so they were pretty upset. For a third time, Jesus calls them together. He sits them down. This is the original come to Jesus meeting. Mark chapter 10 verse 42. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Highlight, underline, circle. Not so with you. You know how this world operates. It's every man for himself. And it's, it's an all-out race to the top. Jesus says, not so with you. This is a paradigm shift. This is a, a mindset change. We don't go to work that way anymore. Look at verse 43. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave of all. 
For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. This is the program. This is my world. This is the way it's best. If you want to do it your way, go for it. You're going to crash and you're going to burn. But this is the way we do work. If you want to play on the team, this is the way the team plays ball. So let's boil it down. A couple, three things here that we can apply right to us. How do we change the way we operate? How do we change the way we think? What does this really look like in our culture, in our workplace, in our home, in our assignment? One, we need to pursue greatness while avoiding pride, ego, and selfishness. Pursue greatness while avoiding pride, ego, and selfishness. Is that even possible? Jesus seems to think so. He's not against greatness. He's not against positions or titles. He's not against authority. He's not against riches. He's concerned with what we do with it once we are great. The problem with greatness is many times it's full of pride and ego and selfishness. It doesn't matter where you work. It doesn't matter where your assignment is. There's a problem with pride, ego, and selfishness. There always is. That's the problem, right? Maybe you're trying to find your next position, your first job, or just just trying to get good grades in one class. There's always somebody just ahead of you, right? There's always somebody that's just one step ahead. God says, I'm not against titles, position, authority, but I am against pride, ego, and selfishness. Pursue greatness without that other junk. Second, embrace last as your first choice. <laughs> yeah, right. So what am I just supposed to let all the other companies get the bid and just let all the clients just, just go to all the, other, all the other places and... When your boss comes in and, and offers you a promotion, you're just going to say, no, no, I'm a Christian. I'll, I'll pass this time. No, that's not what God's asking you to do. I'm talking about at the times when it's about preference, when you have an opportunity to let them take first choice, when it would be so easy to make someone else look bad. Instead, make the situation a win-win. What would Jesus do in this situation? Would he try to win the bid? Absolutely. Would he try to, try to keep the clients? <laughs> Indeed. When it comes to preference, he would give in and let others choose first. It's the prideless, the selfless way to go about business. Jesus prayed, may your kingdom come. May your will be done. Most of the time, my prayer goes something more like, may my kingdom come and my will be done. And by the way, here's what I want. And I want it done yesterday. Right? We let ourselves be sucked into the temporary title, position, and authority. Be part of the greatness that lasts forever. Not this one. Embrace last is your first choice. And second, we, or third rather, we need to concentrate. We need to be committed to outserving our team out serving our team we all say well yeah we want to serve people we want to be you know we want to be a total total uh, servant of all until we're actually in that role till everyone starts treating us like we're a servant then is when it's hard not to feel pride ego and selfishness we all want to serve if we get recognized i went and i volunteered but not a single person thanked me for what i got accomplished what did you volunteer for 
It wasn't a big sign-up list that says sign up here for personal recognition. It was a sign-up list to serve the greater good, to serve others. I love the, the show Undercover Boss. You've seen that show? Or the, the CEO or the CFO or the COO. By the way, there's, a, there's a, all the entire alphabet, C something O, like A through Z. Cameron has it if you want to see it. So when the CEO goes into work and, and they, they act as that new employee and some of the middle management are somewhat patient and some aren't so much and, and they really kind of gets an idea of what, what life at the bottom is like. What would it be like to go in every single day and take that bottom rung of the ladder? That's where we need to be. This is how Jesus did it. He lived his whole life like this. We need to concentrate on outserving those around us, right? Outserve those that are that are next to us, those that are on the same rung as us in most cases. And next, we need to make our boss look better. We need to concentrate on making your boss look better. Proverbs 27 verse 18. I put this one, I think I got this one on the screen. I did that on purpose. This verse is amazing to me. I, I, I never, I've never seen it before, and I just I love this verse. As workers who tend a fig tree are allowed to eat the fruit, so workers who protect their employer's interests will be rewarded. Who's your boss? Who's your employer? Who's, your, who's the person that's just above you? What are you doing on a daily basis to make them look better? It's going to show up. It's not always going to work. There's always going to be somebody who, who, you know, takes advantage of it. But in most cases, you're going to get rewarded for it. As a general rule, if you're nurturing and making your boss look good, they will notice. Outserve those around you. Take great care of those above you. It's what we call loving the middle. We're loving and we're leading from the middle. It's all about making an impact in the workplace. One more passage of scripture I want us to go to. I know, I told you there wasn't very many, but I want us to go to this one. This one is absolutely amazing. It's going to take me a minute to get there. I didn't put it on the screen. It's going to take you a minute to get there. Philippians chapter 2, look at it with me. Philippians chapter 2. Did y'all beat me there? Philippians chapter 2. <clears throat> You're going to be standing for a while. This is a, good, this is a good verse. We might read the whole thing. Philippians chapter 2. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take interest in others too. You must have the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. 
Therefore God elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him the name above other names that at the name of Jesus every every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every tongue will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Dear friends, you are always following my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence for God is working in you, giving you to the desire, the power to do what pleases him. This is the hard one for me. I cannot even read it. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights, like stars in a world of a crooked and perverse people. Man, isn't that good? Wow. I love it. That's, that's the verse. That's the, the passage of the day. If you're going to focus on a passage all week this week, just read that one over and over and over again. I just don't know how this is going to work at my work. If I try to go in like that, I'd probably just completely get annihilated. They'll probably just run me over and just leave me behind. I'm going to stick out like a sore thumb. No? I'm going to be like a city on a hill, right? I'm going to bring the light to my workplace. No? I'm going to be like salt. Yeah, like salt to the tasteless. No? Paul tells the church in Philippi, if they do work like God wants them to, what's he say? You will shine like stars. Oh, yeah. You will shine like stars. That's what I want to be. That's what I want to do. So let's take it to work. Some are going to take advantage of you. They will, because some are like that. But most will just take notice. It might cost you. But is it all about your kingdom, or is it all about his kingdom? And we need to be the best Jesus your work has ever seen because you may be the only Jesus they ever see. His glory might take some of yours, so be aware of that. But it's worth it. I want to play a significant role in a kingdom, not mine, the kingdom that is gigantic, that is bigger than any other kingdom, and a kingdom that is going to last forever. I want to play a significant role in that kingdom. Because you know what? My kingdom is puny. And it's going to end. And it's probably going to be uh, uh, end way sooner than I expect it to. But if we're a significant part of God's kingdom, it will last forever. Which do you want to be a part of? Do you want to play a significant role in God's kingdom? Or yours that might end any minute? May we have the strength to apply God's thoughts to our lives. God, give us the grace where we fail. May we pursue greatness without the pride, ego, and selfishness. God, help us give you glory instead of seeking our own. May we outserve those around us and work to make those above us look better. 
God, forgive us for constantly trying to get people to see how great we are. Help us be dedicated to helping them see your greatness. And may we be the people who are pointing others to him, who really is the star of the show. Church, it's your choice. The choice is all yours. It's great that you're here in services today, but the choice is what you do with the other six days. Are you going to just be religious on Sundays? Or are you going to be a follower of Christ? A Christian, right? A follower of Him. That's what we need to be. Hopefully these things that we've talked about, about work today, hopefully the passages of Scripture of the bonehead James and John can be an encouragement to you uh, in when the alarm goes off tomorrow morning and it's time to go back to work. Thanks again for your attention. Do we have another song or is that it? Okay, very good. Then I won't, then I won't stall. I won't stall. We'll just go right into food. (laughs) That's good, right? It's always good. We'll take just a few minutes. We'll take down some chairs. We'll set up some tables and um, we'll begin eating here soon. Um, so that's a great thing. And I uh, really appreciate everybody's participation. Adam, thank you so much for sharing what you did today. And um, I, I love the story of the three guys who just had this conversation. And then look what they became. Look what happened with what the stories that they told. And um, it's an amazing thing. And what's crazy is each and every one of us can do that very same thing in the stories that we tell. Not just that we tell, but the stories that we live. And um, it's incredible. Uh, to see what happens when we give our hearts completely to God and allow him to use us in, for his kingdom. Let him be the star of the show. Let him get the greatness, and um, let's be a part of it, a significant part of it. It's been an amazing day already, and uh, we get to eat some food and have some awesome meetings and, and talk to, about getting some more good accomplished. I think it's going to be a good thing. So let's see. See, we're, it's still 1130. We've got plenty of time. It's not even lunchtime yet. My stomach tells me it's lunchtime, though. <laughs> So let's, uh, let's pack up in about 10 or 15 minutes or so. We'll start setting up chairs, and uh, we'll try to eat by noon. How's that sound? Sound good? All right. Anybody else have anything you want to share or add or anything you need to talk about before we dismiss? Adam. Hey, hey all the dress up. You may have to dress up a little bit if we could take a picture of all y'all members. Let's do it immediately after we close in prayer. Everybody that has a, a true myth, any sort of true myth outfit on, um, please come up. Even if you're... Can't think of, couldn't think of one last night, but now you think what you have on sort of works. Just come up anyway, all right? And um, join us in a picture. Let's look to God in word of prayer. Let's be standing. We'll close in word of prayer. And, um, and then all of you who have a, a true myth outfit on, please come up here in the front and we'll take a, take a picture. Let's look to God in closing prayer. God, thank you so much for, uh, for being our God and for allowing us to be part of your team and part of your work and part of, and a part of uh, your company. And God, it's a great honor to serve you. It's a great honor to to be a part of your team. God, please allow us to make you shine brighter and allow us to allow your greatness to to lead us into everyone's heart and mind that we're around and be an impact uh, for you. God, thank you so much for for giving us this opportunity to be together today. Pray that you'll bless each one who made an effort to be here today. Pray that you'll give them the strength to this week Go back into their work, into their assignment, and live out their assignment for you. Please bless the rest.